Howdy folks, it's 5150 for Hacker Public Radio, and a few months ago when I first installed CineArch on my little laptop, I discussed doing maybe a series of observations of what I've learned, learned just getting into Arch from a newbie perspective. I thought that might be more accessible to someone who wanted to move from another distribution, say Fedora, Debian, or Ubuntu, over to Arch. And I really haven't followed through on that. I'm now to the point where I'm pretty comfortable with the package management system, which, you know, really, that, that seems to be the thing you have to learn when you get into a new dis- distro. It, at least you're going to do it from the command line, so the pre-packaged graphical installer, it, uh, it seems to me when you jump from one, you know, family of Linux to another family of Linux, Basically, what you have to what you have to learn is the package management system, and I'm going to go back and do that. But I'm going to call this episode one of a series for HPR that I that I've decided to call. So you've just installed Arch Linux. Now what? Arch lessons from a newbie. And I said this will be episode one, and well, of course, last spring like I said I installed Synarch. I installed I well uh, I started off this laptop. I've relayed this before. I installed full. Full Arch, and got it running on uh, uh, from the command line. I mean, went through the whole Arch w- wiki, got got a working install, and then when I booted back into the hard drive, my wired network connection, the Ethernet card, which worked just fine through the installation, it didn't work. And I said, well, you know, and I'd taken, uh, I wouldn't say take a, took two days, or I mean, it was part of several days with failed starter attempts and what that. I mean, the actual last install when I understood everything it only took a couple hours. But I'd spent a few days on the messing around on the project and just that was kind of the last straw that I couldn't get right back into it. And so the, the machine set for a while and then about a month later I decided, okay, let's start over again with Synarch, see how that goes. I've already talked about that. I don't know what I'm talking about again. But, okay, so Synarch and I had working on the computer for, oh, six months maybe, I guess it was, four months. And then, of course, Synarch developers decided that Mint's release packages in, in Cinnamon were just getting too long in the tooth and they needed to, they needed to move on to something else. And so Synarch be, uh, began Antergos. And what I found out right away though it is when, when, and this laptop's one I used to take with me on uh, service calls. So it wasn't my everyday computer, and I went out and one day and tried to do an update, and it told me all, all the repositories, or at least all the uh, Synarch uh, specific repositories were no longer found. I, you know, I went to the URLs manually, and sure enough, they weren't there, and I said, so, so oh, great. So, I did a little searching on the internet, and yeah, there's 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 a link on anarchos.com. So big heading. We're back. Link link is in the show notes. I don't want to read the whole the whole link out here. Well, it's not too bad. Antergos. That's a n t e r g o s dot com slash antergos dash twenty thirteen dash zero five dash twelve dash we're 
then no, no apostrophe because like I couldn't put apostrophe in a, in a uh, URL, so W E R E dash back, and that explains how they did the conversion. If you scroll down, there, there right there, it has okay. You're on Synarch. This is what you need to do to convert to Anagos. And at this point, by the time this plays, if you haven't done the conversion, I guess you're probably not interested in doing it. But there was there were at least for me on my machine, there were they kind of left a couple steps out. So. And I, I and I'm not going to say this URL on the air, but uh, uh, on the on the forums, Anagos forums is going to be in the show notes. If you scroll down, well, I mean it's my top that I posted. I said, oh, you know, I went through this. This is what I'm getting, and they went through. Oh, yeah, this is what you, also you have to do manually to get it to work. So I, I didn't seem to me like it'd be anything specific to my situation. It's just perhaps that little tutorial page is not as complete as it could be. So, and I didn't notice it right away. I, I I went to install a package outside the repository, and I, I'd been used to using Yowart, uh, yet another repository tool. I mean, you, you have to install it. I mean, Pacman's the nor- of course is the normal package manager for Arch. There are packages that are set up outside the normal repositories by users. It's uh, sort of well, sort of like using a PPA in Ubuntu, which I think everybody is, ha, has probably done, and Verizo is, you know, use at your own risk. So I'd, I'd use Yowler because it's a quick, quick and easy way to do it. But, well, it, it is easy. But for some reason, after I made the, the conver, uh, conversion to Antigos and ran Yowler to try to get a package, it uh, it told me, well, command not found. It's what was installed in there. And that that's... That still seems a little funny to me. I, I could understand that maybe I couldn't have updated or something after I cha- after I changed the gone to the new repos, but that it doesn't explain why the command was installed and now it's not. And somehow going going through convert the conversion to Antigos, there there was uh, well see there there were like three our specific repos originally, and they've got. Uh, I think there's now one for Antigos on on top of the, your your normal Arch repos. And I don't know how I missed it, but I looked back in the Pacman.conf, and yeah, that that uh, new Antigos uh, repo wasn't there. So that could that very well could have been part of my problem. I didn't catch it till after I'd done gone through. Steps I'm going to relate to you, but so Gallant wasn't there. Couldn't couldn't figure out why. So and and before on the uh, on you know in, in podcasts and and on all cast planet, you know people told me why talked about using Gallant. Well, I guess it's one the first time you, I've also related that the problem I had with like DM and Unity Greeter. I I I'd done. A package installation of Yowart rebooted, and suddenly I had no—I no longer had a login screen. And at length, I found I had to go in and make changes to Grub too, so I could do do a single user login, and then go and install GDM, which fixed everything. And it, apparently, it was time—it was a timing issue. I've told you guys this before. There's a time—it was a timing issue that actually LightDM and Unigreeter were. Uh, since I had an SSD, things were happening too fast for those programs to catch up and display the login screen. But I, 
I'd been on, I'd been on Outcast Planet and said, well, I don't know what happened. You know, all I did was install something through Yowler, and then suddenly, I turn, next day I turn the machine on, and I don't have a login screen. And at the time, some guys like Art uh, V61 and Peter64 were saying, well, you know, real men don't use Yowler. They, they do uh, manual package installs from the AUR anyway. So I kind of, I kind of thought that away. I thought that learning how to manually install packages from the AUR, I would, I would wait, and that would that would be an exercise from when I was would be a little more confident with Arch. So when this came up, Gallert's no no longer there for some reason. I said, well, this, this is probably a perfect opportunity then to 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 learn how to manually install packages and. I'm I'm to you, it turns out wasn't nearly as daunting a process that, as I thought it would be. So your first step may be to ensure that you really have to resort to the Arch user repositories that they you are to install that you're looking for. So Doc Viewer it was installed with with my version of Arch and I, I've been using it to access PDFs. But really, I preferred Ocular that, that I found installed by default in other distros. And I tried sudo pacman uh, dash capital S uh, space Ocular, and that failed to find the package. I assumed I was going to have to look for it out in AUR. However, a Google search on Arch and install in Ocular revealed the package I needed was KDE Graphics dash ocular which i could install from the standard arch repos now that, that probably brings in if you're if you're trying to make your system small and in and you know you've got a gnome gnome based system and you don't have any cute applications installed then you might want to I, I guess that's probably the only version of ocular so you just may have to make that decision to reduce system bloat by not installing a, a, a Qt-based application. Okay, once you t- determine the package you need uh, exists in the AUR and not in the standard repos, you need to locate the appropriate pra- package build. And your Google search may have already taken care of that. The URL should be in the form http colon slash slash AUR dot archlinux.org slash packages slash and then the package name. For the sake of example, let's go with https colon slash slash AUR dot archlinux.org slash packages slash google dash chrome. The Chromium, the fully open source version, is already in the standard Arch repos, but if you want if you want Google Chrome, you're going to have to find it in the AUR. On that page, find the link labeled Download the Tarball, and it will be a file ending in .tar.gz. Before downloading a file, the ArchWhiskey instructs instructions for manually installing packages from the AUR, and that's at http colon slash slash wiki dot dot org slash index dot php slash arch underscore user underscore repository recommend creating a designated folder to put them in. They suggest creating a builds, uh, a, I'm sorry, a builds folder in your home directory. I like my downloads on download folder. I usually have a, a subfolder under downloads called packages, uh, first download packages, I think. So I, I stuck my builds folder under downloads rather than having it 
in my home directory, but that's right, neither here nor there, and it's completely a matter of your own discretion. Now, first, before you install the package, if you have a multi-core machine, you may be able to take advantage of a slight compiler performance increase by making adjustments to your slash Etsy slash M-A-K-E-P-K-G dot conf, makepackage dot conf. Go, scroll down to line that starts with C flags equal, and it should have a first parameter that would look like dash march equals x86 underscore 64 or dash march equals i dot or i686. In other words, 32 bit first versus 64 bit OS. Now whichever it is, change it to dash march equals native and eliminate the second parameter that reads dash mtune equals generic. This will cause GCC to auto-detect your processor types, because you could have a 64-bit processor and, and it be a single core. So then edit the next line, which begins with CXX flags, to read CXX flags equals double quote, dollar sign, open parentheses, C flags, close parentheses, double quote. And that just causes the, C, the uh, CXX flags to echo settings already in C flags. If you because they should have been both lines should have been the same when you opened up the file. Or at least they were on mine, and they were on all examples that I saw. Now the, the instructions for how, for part I've just gone over for for changing your makepackage.conf, and you should you should look at those instructions to just blindly listening to what I'm telling you, but those are at http colon slash slash wiki dot archlinks.org slash index dot php slash makepackage dot conf or well M A K E P K G dot C O N F. Okay, before installing the first AUR package, you will have to install, and you may already have these packages installed on your system, base-devel, D-E-V-E-L, so in the word pseudo-pacman, uh, underscore, I'm going to say underscore, space, dash, capital S, space, base-devel. Okay, n- now look for that .tar.gc file you download in your builds directory. Using, I'm still going to use Google Chrome as an example. So the file you download will be Google-Chrome-Tar-GZ. Now unravel the tarball with tar space dash xvzf space google-chrome.tar.gz. Now in your builds folder, you should have a new directory named Google-Chrome. Drop down in that folder from the command line. Now again, ArchWiki stresses since user repo, repos are not standard as, or not trusted as standard ones, it might be a good idea to open the PKG build file and look for malicious bash instructions. Do the same with the dot install file. Once you're satisfied everything in there is legitimate, you can make the new package with make space dash lowercase s. And the dash s switch lets the compiler resolve any unmet dependencies by prompting you for your sudo password. Now you'll have a new tarball in the format of application name, dash application version number, dash package revision number, dash architecture dot pkg dot 
tar.xe and again following our Google Chrome example the file name resulting was google-chrome-27-0-1453 I'm sorry I'm sorry google-chrome-27.0.1453.110-1-86-64.pkg.tar.xe and we'll install, we can install that with Pac-Man's upgrade function, which is Pac-Man, of course, pseudo Pac-Man, unless you're already logged in as root. Uh, pseudo Pac-Man space dash uppercase U space Google dash Chrome dash two seven blah 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 the file name. And this command will install the new package and create an RPM. That's, that's all you have to do. That's, ma that's manually installing a, uh, package from the ArchAUR. Okay. This, this is a second little Arch tip for running Arch. I didn't realize spell checking was centrally configured in Linux. I always assumed it was in each individual application just like it is in Windows. But after installing Arch, I noticed autocorrect wasn't working anywhere. It was the, the highest priority, but at length I looked for a solution, and I found LibreOffice and most browsers rely on Hunspell for spell checking functions. That's H-U-N-S-P-E-L-L. Get it working, you just need to install Hunspell and the Hunspell library appropriate for your language. So in my case, was Pac-Man space dash uppercase S space Hunspell space Hunspell dash en. Okay, that's that's it for uh, arch tips this time. That's completely unrelated, but I wanted to do a little review on the Straight Talk service for track phone. So, you know, I've, I've got the cheap prepaid track phone month to month. I go in Walmart and buy a card to re prepaid and recharge it for next month. And you know, I, I picked that. I, I, want, I wanted a uh, smartphone phone. I went to Philly and the old that a couple, but the only one in reliable service in my area was straight, straight talk and track phone bought at Walmart. And for 35 bucks a month, they advertise unlimited data talk and text. Now the only drawback, which I didn't realize before I bought the phone, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't look in the fine print, is that any form of tire, tethering, whether it be wired or wireless, violates straight talk's term service. Hmm. You know, I wonder if Chromecast would count. As tethering. Anyway, for some people, no tethering would be an immediate deal breaker. I, I realize, and uh, most of the places I go and work, I, I, I have Wi-Fi available, though I can see the advantages of tethering. But the one thing I, I'm really most interested in tethering, tethering for is if I'm working on a, compu a computer on site that I know is infected, it would give another level of security if I did. I didn't have to connect that computer into the uh, network to download anti-malware updates if I'm going to try to, you know, when I'm trying to fix it from inside the operating system, which usually I don't. I use a Linux antivirus rescue disk, usually several. But, you know, malware bytes does work fairly good in most in most cases if you just want to do, so, do the quickest thing that you can. I'll uh, try to clean up a system. And the budget phone I bought only supports 3G, so I'm not really in the habit of streaming media to it, much less outputting that media to another device. In fact, I tried. I tried Hulu, and it, it was just a slideshow on, on 3G. So 
That doesn't mean I don't use my available bandwidth. I put a 16 gig SD card in the phone, and I start using it as an additional pipeline to down, download Linux ISOs. In other words, I could download one on my home system, download one on the phone at the same time, you know, or any other type of big file I might want to download. And of course, anything that's on the phone, I can transfer over to my network using ES File Explorer. And I did download several gigs in the first month to test the meaning of unlimited. You know, because you, you folks know unlimited usually does not mean unlimited. It only means unlimited if you don't use anywhere near your theoretical bandwidth. Okay, so towards the end of the first month, once, and then after I bought the prepaid card for the next month and, re- and renewed it, I had an off, off and on again data connection. In fact, I, I was, you know, that second month I was customer for about three days. Well, you know, they, they're looking at the, the traffic and assumed I'm tethering or they have some hidden thing to, uh, unwritten policy that's, that people are not, naughty about actually using the bandwidth that they're guaranteed are getting knocked off the network. But I found out that that the data network comes back when I turn the phone off and on again. So, you know, thanks to the wisdom of the IT crowd that that uh, seems to fix it every single time when I don't when I don't have a when I don't have a data connection. And I do get on the phone. See my home network, I only get about oh, if I'm downloading a file, if I'm lucky, 45 megabits a second, and I was getting three times that on the phone over the 3G connection. So that was great, but of, of course, not everything is perfect, and most of the stuff that I find that I download over a direct link doesn't doesn't match the MD5 sum check when I get it downloaded. I can use, of course, I can always torrent over the phone, and torrents are almost always, by their nature, do match the MD5 sum when you when you get them downloaded. But unfortunately, uh, torrenting brings download speed about about down to the same speed as my network. I, I've never seen it go over about 50 megabytes per second. So it's it's still a second, another option sometimes. And sometimes it does seem like unless the screen's on, the, the connection seems to, to, to break. You come back and find out the download has been interrupted. So I, I've had a lot better luck. Well, actually better speed too. Downloading at night because probably I'm the only one using the net using the 3G network at night. So set up a download before I go to bed and let let it run on the phone. Some sometimes that works out pretty well. But the main thing I want to get across is I, I can I can honestly say that when Straight Talk says unlimited, they they mean unlimited because I would think if they were going to throttle me, they would be doing it by now. Okay, well, I'm 5150, and this is another uh, episode of HPR on the books. If you need to reach me, other than just replying in the comments for this episode on the HPR page, you can find my contact information at the big red switch dot com. And, well, have a wonderful life until we meet here again. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. 
If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.